Hello, foodies. Phil Rosenthal is the Emmy-winning creator of Everybody Loves Raymond and James Beard-winning host of the PBS food and travel series I'll Have What Phil's Having and its spiritual successor on Netflix, Somebody Feed Phil, and the brand-new Naked Lunch podcast co-hosted with David Wilde. And he's in town for the ATX TV Festival this Saturday for a screening of an episode of the recently released Season 5 for Somebody Feed Phil, followed by a live Naked Lunch podcast recording. For more info, go to atxfestival.com and also philrosenthalworld.com. Phil, thank you so much for the time. How are you doing today? It's good to see you, Trey. How's everything with you? Everything is great. Thank you. It's uh, maybe a little bit hot here in Austin, but I would much rather have the brutal heat than the brutal cold, having lived in the Windy City for about seven years. Oh, so I tell you, the cold in Chicago is colder than anywhere I've ever been. That, it hurts. It literally hurts, right? It's painful. It's so cold sometimes that you walk around and you're like, oh, this isn't too bad. And then the the uh, fluid in your eyes starts to freeze over about five oh. seconds later and you realize it's cold. Oh man, that's, that sounds like torture. <laughs> um, I don't know how people do it, but they do. They do. It is, you know why they do it? Because Chicago is an amazingly good city. Yes, it is. And you've obviously dedicated uh, an episode of the Netflix show yep. to the Windy City. And I thought you did yep. a phenomenal job of representing oh, the food and the culture there. Um, uh, I'm curious, though, we haven't had any Texas episodes just yet. Have you had a chance uh, off camera or on camera to spend any time in Austin? And if so, uh, yeah. what do you think of the city in, in your time here so far? OK, so I love Austin. I go at least every year, at least once a year, because I'm part of the TV festival almost every year. And it's been a long time since Everybody Loves Raymond. I've been doing it. And I just uh, first of all, I love uh, Caitlin and Emily who run it. And uh, I'm coming this week and I'm so excited. But when you say brutally hot, how hot is it? It has literally been hitting the hundreds oh. through May. So what? Uh, yeah, maybe come with a swimsuit, maybe try and find a cold body of water to take a dip into at oh some point God. during your stay here. And I have I think, no idea. Yeah, I think it's going to be that hot this weekend too. We literally just set records for heat in May and we've also been dealing unfortunately with some drought conditions too. So maybe we get some rain before uh, you're able to come in over the next couple of days, but yeah, just get ready, bring the sunscreen, bring a swimsuit and just get ready well, listen, to sweat people, a little bit walking from one place uh, to another. Uh, come and see, come and see the show Saturday because it'll be in an air conditioned theater. <laughs> That's right. So the show not only includes an episode from somebody feed Phil, which uh, just came out on Netflix. I think it's maybe the Barcelona episode. It's Madrid, oh, actually. Madrid. Madrid excuse one. me. Yeah, uh, that's fo fine. Followed by a live taping of your brand new con uh, podcast, Naked Lunch, yes. that right. you co-host with David Wilde. And yes. uh, this podcast is about a month old. I think there's yeah. been about five episodes so far. That's but right. man. I've had a chance to listen to one, but just looking at the guest list so far, it looks like you guys have a lot of fun. Where did the idea for this podcast come from, Phil? Well, we we have been friends for about 25 years. David's a great writer and journalist uh, from, from Rolling Stone. He's written a bunch of shows, a bit, bunch of award shows, actually. And he's kind of a show business historian in a way, too, especially with music, musicians. And he's just a great interview and a great host. But we've been friends for 25 years. We've had these lunches with all these people are, are disparate friends from the world of comedy and TV and movies and music. And at the end of every lunch, I would say, why aren't we taping this? And so <laughs> now we are. And that's Naked Lunch. 
And so on Saturday, if you come to the show, you'll see the Madrid episode on the big screen, which is gorgeous to see. Uh, and then the Q&A part of the evening with me, we will tape as an episode of Naked Lunch. Are you nervous about any of the questions? People, uh, people can get pretty <laughs> wild when you, when you perform the AMA. Honestly, I love talking to the people. It's my favorite part of these events is, is actually meeting and talking with the people. Oh, so, and I hear there's going to be food too. <laughs> I hear there's going to be tacos because I don't like to go anywhere if there's not food. Uh, yeah, food is an important element of uh, our connection as humans. Yes. And that is obviously at the foundation at your show, as is uh, connecting with others. And so I'm glad to hear that's carrying over with the podcast now. For people well, food who maybe- is the great food is the great connector. Yes, it is. And, and I find that then laughs are the cement. That's, you know what? That's a great way to put it, Phil. I love, uh, love your ideologies on things. So for people who haven't had a chance to check out any of season five just yet, uh, what can they expect when they finally tune in on Netflix? Uh, it's it's uh, a roller coaster of, of different wonderful cities around the world. Oaxaca, Mexico. Have you ever been there? Uh, I have not. I've heard of it before for sure. And I uh, love good interior Mexican food, but I have not had the pleasure of visiting there just yet. Oaxaca is the cultural and gastronomic center of Mexico. So I thought it was Mexico City. We, we did that episode. Mexico City is one of the largest cities in the world. Oaxaca feels, by comparison, as a small town. And it's absolutely gorgeous. It's so colorful and so beautiful and so walkable and so scaled down to a human level. And yet every single place you go for food is phenomenal. It's just one of the greatest places I've ever been. So that's the first episode of the season. Then we go to Maine. And you, I'm sure you've been to Maine. No. Come on. Don't you I like know. lobster? I, you know what? <laughs> You're not going to like me very much for this, Phil. But I think lobster, no pun intended here, is a little bit overcooked by people. Good lobster is great. But I yes. think there's a lot of lobster that's served that does not meet that standard. Uh, you're probably right. But when you go to the source of any food, you're going to find it to be the best. So the source of lobster in the United States is right around that area, mm -hmm. right? Maine. And you get these lobster rolls, I'm telling you, change your life. And they have a lot of other great food there as well. I went to the best diner, I think, in America in Maine. Mm. Just this old railroad car that... that uh, some chefs from uh, New York actually took over and just elevated the menu. They didn't change the menu. They just elevated the technique and the ingredients of everything. So what I mean is you get the best French toast you ever had, the best pancakes you ever had, the best burger, the best omelet, the best uh, uh, chicken sandwich. I mean, just every single thing was like the idealized version of this food you love from when you're a kid. Was that in Portland? That was right outside of Portland in Biddeford, Maine. Gotcha. Then we go to Helsinki, Finland. Talk about cold. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that although we went at a time of year when it wasn't freezing yet, I think it was September, October, still had to wear a heavy coat, gloves, hat, but it wasn't crazy like winter in Chicago. Hmm. <laughs> it, was, it was bearable. And again, the food there was incredible. And the whole way of life was incredible. It's really clean and beautiful. And I, I recommend it. Uh, I love all of Scandinavia, actually. Hmm. Uh, it's just a, a great way of life there. 
You said in a uh, CBS interview recently that there's no more mind expanding thing we can do than travel. It literally right. changes your way of thinking. It changes right. your perspective. How has your perspective changed in a way that comes to mind from making from of season five, whether it's one of the places you just mentioned or one of the other places that you did visit throughout the course of the season? You get a per new perspective, whether you even like the place or not. Now, I happen to love everywhere we go. Of course, I'm seeing it in an idealized way, meaning a lot of research and a lot of people to hold my hand and take me around to the best places, right? What you see can change your perspective. In Helsinki, for example, they have these little islands off the, Helsinki's on the water, and off the coast of Finland are these little islands that are also part of Helsinki. And what's on these islands? Nothing really, little forests, but people go there to fish. And if you show up in a boat of any kind, your boat, their boat, whatever it is, there are things for you like grills that have been set up and little lean-to houses for you to have shelter and to have picnics. And this is part of the public park system. Isn't that fantastic? Wow. It's available to you to use as you like. And it's just the freedom of that and the feeling like, of course, we have these places. They're just islands. They're not being used for anything but we're going to keep them clean and maintain them as public parks for the citizens. How great is that? That takes the idea of the public garden one step further. Exactly. So it's just another way of uh, people seeing what's around them and putting it to good use. So, uh, so that, that changed my perspective on things that we can do here. How often do we walk around where we live and go, look at that space, not being used for anything. We could house people there. We could build, make a farm there. We could have a public garden. We could have a public park for people, right? Where does our money go? We don't know. We don't know. It goes a lot of places. Unfortunately, it feels like far too much of it does not go back into the community. Exactly. So the perspective you get is, hey, look, if we pull together our resources, and everybody pays their fair share, the whole society can be better. We almost seem to have lost sight of that here. I don't have to tell you about recent tragedies where we're so on the other side of that. We're so not thinking that way. Uh, you know, other countries, they take care of each other. They take care of their children. They take care of their old people. They take care of their homeless people. They take care of each other. That's the world I want to live in. So my perspective gets changed and I come back and try to do good here. Why do you think that perspective is broken down in America? When it comes to things like tragedies, we do tend to come together as humans to try and help one another out. There was a really bad ice storm here in Texas last year. Right. And you really saw the best of people come out then and uh, folks yes. trying to help one another out. But on a day-to-day -day basis, that seems lost now. Why do you think that is? Well, uh, I'm going to get, make a generality that I have found in my travels. Most people, there's a generality of the world. Most people are so much better than their governments. And you can make that a, of it what you will. I don't know if it's greed. I don't know if power corrupts. I don't know what the reason is. But the people 
who seem to be in charge of things want to stay in charge of things at any cost. Hmm. And that is a detriment to the world at large. You talked about putting research into the places that you visit and making sure to talk to the locals and making sure to just kind of kick around just a little bit to get a feel for the place. Well, a lot has been talked about Ray Romano's influence on the idea that you eventually turned into a television show first on PBS and now on Netflix. I'm curious though, uh, did exporting Raymond have a major impact on how you go about uh, preparing yourself for this program? Well, it did in, in one way. When you say Romano, Ray Romano was a big influence, he was unwittingly. He, right. he, I, saw him, I saw him change as a human being when we kind of forced him to go to Italy to shoot an episode of, of Everybody Loves Raymond. And I saw that the character's uh, transformation happened to him, the person. And that's what inspired me to say, hey, what if I could do this for other people? Now, I didn't think that I would be on camera doing it until I did Exporting Raymond, which is the story of me being asked by the Russians. This is true. I was asked by the Russians at the time about 12 years ago to go there and help them turn my sitcom into Everybody Loves Kostya. Hmm. And so I went with the provision that I filmed the whole process. Now, I just happened to be the guy that they asked. So I was in the movie. So that was a transition for me into being in front of the camera. That's what it had to do with the show you see now. Me going somewhere and it's me. That is incredible. Uh, now, it's funny that you guys went to Italy where you had that awakening. I've been to Italy yeah. before and loved the yeah. food for the most part. Ironically, though, Phil, the worst pizza pizza I've ever had in my life was in Italy. No kidding. Yeah. Listen, it was in- there's tourist traps everywhere. Yep. They know that you're looking for pizza. I, I, I had this revelation in, in Venice where uh, a great chef told me, you know, there's restaurants here that don't have a kitchen. I'm like, what do you mean? Well, you go in, a lot of tourists go in, American tourists especially, and they sit down, they get the menu in English, and then the waitress goes in the back and she has a frozen dinner and pops it in the microwave and then scoops it out on a plate. And that's the restaurant. And the tourists don't know the difference. And they don't know because they didn't do any research at all. They didn't. And now with your phone, there's no excuse. You can look at best restaurants, Venice, and and find it as you're walking in Venice and find it and go there. Don't go to the tourist trap. Don't go to any place that has the words tourist menu on the outside. (laughs) That's kind of what they're fishing for suckers. That's kind of what it was for us. We were in Cinque Terre and we yes. had just hiked from one town to another and the hike had taken longer and it ended up raining on us. So yes. we get to that next town and we're waiting for the boat and we're just, I mean, I could, could have eaten uh, a leg of horse at that point, but we saw <laughs> a little pizza place right there, right next to where the boat was supposed to pick us up. And right. you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, they had pulled that pizza out of the freezer they didn't even make it in the oven. They probably did just throw it in the microwave and it was uneven and it was bland and uh, just one of those ironic things, I guess. They got your money. They know you're only there for the day, so they don't expect repeat business from you. That's right. All right. Last question, Phil. And uh, again, cannot wait to uh, check Phil and his group out this weekend, ATX Television Festival. Go to atxfestival.com. Find out more information about the event. It's Saturday afternoon. Going to be well worth your time. 
Uh, Phil, uh, my condolences on your dad, Max, who passed away last summer. You. you paid tribute to him throughout season five with a special episode honoring both he and your mom for season six, which releases this fall. What is something that you loved about him as a dad that you made sure to imitate with your daughter when you became a dad? And this is something that's especially important to me as uh, someone with a seven and five year old at home right now. Uh, sense of humor. That's easy. Hmm. Sense of humor. Bob, maybe our most underrated trait as people. It's the most important thing. It, I, I think it's how we choose our friends is, is uh, either a similar or an appreciative sense of humor of the other. And I'll go further than that. I think it's who we married. It's so important. Because if, if you don't laugh together, you know, it's a, it's a long life. <laughs> you better get some laughs. You better not take yourselves or your situation so seriously because that usually is going to end in divorce or worse. So, so, you know, sense of humor is everything. And, and it's a way of looking at the world that makes it way to me. Beautifully put there. He is Phil Rosenthal. Check him out this weekend at the ATX television festival. He is screening an episode of somebody feed Phil from the new season that just released on Netflix. That's going to be followed by a live podcast recording for Naked Lunch along with co-host David Wild. Check out tickets for that and more information at atxfestival.com. Phil, thank you so much for the time today. Thank you for this show. Thank you for the, just the positive outlook that you have on life. You are, you are doing a lot of good in this world, and I really appreciate that, man. Thank you, Trey. I hope to see you Saturday. Thank you to Gentleman Jesus for the intro and outro music. Hear more of his work at GentlemanJesus.com. And thank you to Joshua Bates for the video editing. If you have any video editing needs, check him out on Instagram at Forger Digital. And thank you as always to you for checking us out. You can watch, listen, learn, and connect for free at BooksOnPod.com. For Books on Pod, I'm Trey Elling. Good day.